when you get a former St. Louis athlete that lives in town years after they played, you know, in their retirement years, they end up sticking around. A lot of times it's because their wife is from St. Louis. And so when you hear that John Jay, former Cardinal center fielder, former world champion, lives in St. Louis, there's a natural assumption, oh, I married St. Louis girl, which he did. Except it has nothing to do with his time with the Cardinals. They actually met in college. I love that backstory because I'm sure when people might see John Jay at a Cardinals game or hear that he's stepping into the broadcast booth or he's got a charity event, which he does this Sunday, I think there's a natural assumption, oh, that's cool, he's living here. Oh, his wife went to St. Joe, even better. Except <laughs> I love the fact that it all goes back to they were in college. He was playing baseball at the University of Miami. She was playing soccer for the University of Miami, and that's when they met. And it just so happens, a couple of years later, he gets drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals. John Jay, part of the 2006 draft, got his big league debut in 2010. And then for that, well, I'll say a five-year run because they were a playoff team 2011 to 2015. But for the four years, 2011 to 2014, each and every year, Cardinals were in the NLCS. It was a great time to be a Cardinal and for John Jay. A record-setting time. Set a National League record for center fielders. An airless streak of 245 games. Uh, covered more than one season, obviously. Uh, John doesn't like talking about his personal achievements, but it, it's kind of worth noting, too, that 2011 Game 6, greatest game arguably in baseball history, Certainly the most famous Cardinal game. I think we can say that now, even there, even though there have been so many. The David Freeze game. But remember, in extra innings, they had to tie it. And Lance Berkman got the hit to tie it. John Jay scored that run. He had a couple of hits in that game. And I believe actually came in as a pinch hitter and then ended up with a couple of hits. But John Jay scored that run on the Lance Berkman hit. Part of the game six lore. And because of that, you're a World Series champion for the rest of your career. Great more than a decade, a great run in uh, the major leagues. Played for the Cubs and Diamondbacks, the Royals. So our visit is with John Jay, the former Cardinals center fielder. The Kilcoin Conversation presented, as always, by Triad Bank, the St. Louis-based bank since 2005. Now with the second location on Olive Road, just west of 270. All about St. Louis with their entire team being based here. That means all of the decisions. So if you're looking to do some expansion with your company... Instead of somebody going behind the door and picking up a phone, yeah, i got to make a call. I'm calling New York. I'm calling L.A. Everything is done right here in St. Louis. The CEO, Jim Regna, went to Rosary High School, went to UMSL. That's as St. Louis as it gets. So Triad Bank for a commercial loan, a home loan, car loan, all your business needs. It's Triad Bank on Clayton Road in Frontenac, also on the web at triadbanking.com. B&G Tuck Pointing, our great friends who are the best. In the bricks, this time of year, a good time to get the house looking new again. The tuck pointing, make those bricks look brand new again. Fun to see all the B&G tuck pointing signs all around town. The word is spreading. If it's tuck pointing or foundation repair, waterproofing, they do all of it. BGTuckPointing.com is where you can check out all the great before and after. And when you talk to Rich Galati or anybody over there at B&G, Make sure you tell them that Martin was talking about them on the Killcoin Conversation. Marie DeVilla Senior Living, they're at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road, one of the great spots for your retirement years. They have assisted living, villa estates. That's where Red Shandings lived for so many years, his own villa estate. 
So there's different levels of care available. Take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. That's M-A-R-I-D-E-V-I-L-L-A.com. mariedevilla.com. Great spot in West County. I think I've used the word great. Can I buy a thesaurus here in 2022? And one more to tell you about. They're outstanding. How about that? Appliance discounters, a great St. Louis. There it is again. St. Louis success story. This is what you get. It's all ad lib. There is no script. But appliance discounters is a very cool success story because Denise Bradley, her brother Tony, started to start their appliance business. Denise's husband, John, is a retired police officer. They started this up with that one location on Watson Road, and they were the three employees. That's it. Now more than 10 years plus later, multiple locations around town, and it's real simple. The best appliances at the lowest prices. It's a great formula. Get the General Electric merchandise. Get GE rebates on top of it. Lowest prices guaranteed at appliance discounters. All the big names, all the low prices, great service, quick delivery. Theappliancediscounters.com. And now our visit with John Jay, who is living in St. Louis after retiring from baseball and has a charity event for his foundation, which he just launched. It's coming up this Sunday night, July the 10th. Hi, John. I got to start with probably what people, the misconception I would say is that people have is that you live in St. Louis because your wife is from here, but you didn't meet her as a Cardinal, right? I mean, your St. Louis connection is before you're even drafted by the Cardinals. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, in 2006, when I was drafted by the Cardinals, my wife and I were actually dating in college at UM. So she played soccer at the University of Miami. That's how we met. And then, um, you know, I actually, you know, what are the chances you actually make of the team that drafts you? And I did. And then, um, you know, now I'm here some 16 years later, and I call St. Louis part-time home. When when they drafted you, is your then-girlfriend and her family freaking out? Like, oh, my God, you're going to be in the Cardinals. And you're like, well, maybe if it works out. I mean, what was that like? Because you already had, I'm sure you'd probably been here a bunch, right? Visited? Yeah, they're they're awesome. Uh, my in-laws are great. Their whole family's great. Uh, so, yeah, I used to come every Christmas break. So I came probably five times before I actually got called up. But it was kind of scary because I'll, I'll come during the winter only. And I, I would kind of just see snow and, like, all this darkness. The Miami like, kid, uh-oh. Yeah, and I was like, what's going on here in St. Louis? And then uh, I'll, I'll never forget when I got called up. It was uh, it was late April, and it was nice, you know, transitioning in spring. And there's there's trees everywhere. It was just beautiful. And I'll never forget saying, like, wow, this place is actually it, – it is, it's pretty nice. I like it. Yeah, and, and in parts of the summer, like Miami, it can get hot as hell here. So there's every once in a while in the summer it probably felt like Miami. Yeah, but I can handle this. Uh, you know, the Miami humidity is, I think, it's three times as much as here. So uh, we, can, we can handle it, but it does get hot here. All right, so you're now retired. We'll talk about the career, but this is your home base. Your wife's from here. You've been here a long time, and you're going to start doing a foundation, and it's coming up soon here. Let's tell everybody about really the genesis of why do it and then the event itself. Yeah, so we finally established the Jay Family Foundation after all these years. Um, you know, in the past, I would partner with uh, the Boys and Girls Club or different organizations and, and have different events. Uh, I think in 2015 here, we did, uh, 2014, we did something with uh, Alan Craig and myself. We did a bone event, and we used to partner with different organizations, so we finally have our own foundation. And uh, Daniel Descalzo is actually throwing out the first pitch next Friday, this Friday coming up. So we're, last week, uh, talking to a good buddy of mine, Adam Betts, the owner of Family Golf and Learning. And I was like, hey, let's just throw an event. Let's get something going. Let's get something books, and then we'll continue to grow it. So, yeah, the event's coming up now uh, Sunday, July 10th from 6 to 10 at Family Golf and Learning Center. And it's going to be just a fun night of, uh, you know, fr- family, friends. It's going to be open bar, uh, drinks. Uh, the tickets are 100 bucks. If you look at Eventbrite, um, 
you just look up the J Family Foundation and uh, you'll be able to purchase tickets there. And then we're going to do it closer to the pin as well. So, uh, you know, Daniel's going to be in town, Descalzo, Alan Craig's going to be in town. And, you know, we're going to start announcing different guys are going to be showing up to support the cause. And for people who haven't been there, they've done a great job refurbishing the whole Family Golf Center. It's a great layout, great setup. Chance to tell some stories, hit some golf balls. Dan McLaughlin, I think, is going to be your host. So on Eventbrite, J Family Foundation. And then what's the goal, like long term? What do you want to do? What kind of impact are you hoping to make? Yeah, it's funny when I was talking to my to the director Gabriel Diaz. Uh, um, you know, I said we're unique, we're one of one. So I really want to just impact the community. You know, different things come up at different times. So just really be there. Uh, I think uh, two years ago I did a, a toy drive here in St. Louis, and we actually collected toys and a bunch of skateboards, and we we're able to hand those out to kids everywhere. So really, we want to touch. Um, you know, of course, the baseball community helping grow the game of baseball. But for example, this event right here, it's going to help the the Missouri Golf uh, Foundation that helps, you know, kids have access to golf and they run summer camps over in Forest Park. So, you know, just touching a lot of everything, but mostly for the kids. So you had a chance now to look back a little bit on the career. More than 10 years in the big leagues is monumental. That's a big deal, first of all. But in your St. Louis run, second round pick, you alluded to that, 2006. You get here, 2010, and then 2011, you're a regular, and all of a sudden the team is a historic team, but really that stretch. I mean, you guys were not only good, but you were playing in huge games. How much have you reflected on the whole career, but a little bit about that Cardinal time also? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, you look back, you know, during my career, I, I, you know, I played here for six years. I bounced around a little bit. And at the time when you're playing, you don't really consider yourself, you know, part of one team, per se. But, you know, now that I am retired and now that I am done, I look back, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a Cardinal. That's 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 who I am. And looking back at that time, it's amazing. You know, I grew up in this organization. It's I think for us, it starts in the minor leagues. And, you know, we, we always talk about the Memphis Mafia with, with all these younger guys that came up and had an impact later on. But, you know, we spent time in the minor leagues grinding and kind of sometimes having those conversations where like you're seeing guys get called up in other teams and you're like man that could be me but we we always understood you know we're in the, in the Cardinals organization we have a chance to win here and then coming up like you said in 2011 and, and being part of that World Series team and, and a run of great teams it's, it's something that I think about every day. All right so tell me about we'll talk about so many different moments but Tony Larusa as a first year manager you're new to the big leagues this guy's been around forever I know Tony really well we can pick on him a little bit but how about for you what was that First, was it intimidating the first time you're on his team? Yeah, it's definitely intimidating. Um, I think I, I got used to that in spring training. But, you know, you always heard that, you know, Tony doesn't like young guys and all, all these little th different things would happen. But, you know, actually, I, I really enjoyed playing for him, and I, I owe a lot of, of my success to him. And, you know, it, it's funny. What I what I came up with, and uh, we joke around with, he, it's not that he doesn't like young guys. He, he, he wants guys to be prepared and, and know what's going on out there. And I think that's what was special from from our group of guys. You know, we, we went out there, we were prepared. We, we kind of took care of a business behind the scenes. And, and I think that's why we were able to play for him and have success. And that team, you got Albert Pujols at that point in his 11th year, still going. And you got Matt Holliday, a lot of veteran-type guys, too. How much did – or who did you lean on? Because you had your, your Memphis buddies that you came up with, but there were established players at that point, too. Who who had an influence early on? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a broad broad answer, but everyone. And I think that's why we won a, a championship. You know, you need every single person on the roster. But, you know, for myself, you know, Albert was amazing. Yadi was amazing. But Skip Schumacher really – took me under his wing and, and really showed me the ropes and you know anytime you know Tony would make a move or double switch or something would happen and and I'd run straight to skip like what is going on right now like I have no idea what's going on and he kind of break it down and and really would make sense of it to us and so skip was somebody else huge Chris Carpenter was another guy that was just instrumental and like you said Matt 
uh, Wayno. I mean, all these guys, they just had a, you know, a big hand in, in all of our success. Does it freak you out that they're still playing? I mean, Wayno, Albert's back after almost 10 years gone. Yachty's still going here. How much is a guy who was – you were a young guy. They were already established, and now they're still doing it. Yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, it, it just speaks of, of who they are and, and, and what they bring to the table and their mentality, really, to be able to do it for so long and at such a, you know, um, you know at a, playing so well. And I'm wondering, growing up in Miami, was baseball always your thing, or did you play other sports? I know with the Cuban background, there's a lot of baseball heritage. When did John Jay start playing baseball, and when did he think, hey, I could maybe do this one day at the big league level? Yeah, baseball was always – I always loved baseball since I was a kid. I played soccer. You know, I, I rollerbladed. I skateboarded. I did all sorts of uh, everything. My parents were really good about letting me do whatever I wanted to do. But baseball was kind of my, my passion and, and my love, and, you know, I just started, uh, you know – I think at 12 years old is when I really realized, like, all right, this is a game that I want that I want to play. And uh, I quit soccer, quit playing all the other sports, and, and really focused on baseball then. All right, and we mentioned that run. You're part of four straight NLCSs, 11, 12, 13, 14. Give me a favorite moment for yourself, but then he, other than winning the World Series. I guess we have to take Freeze as homer and winning. The, those two have to be off the table. Those are so monumental. But how about another game or moment that really stands out for the team and yourself? Um, for the team, it's going to be that game five against the Nationals in, in 2012. I mean, that was just unbelievable coming back down so many runs. And, I mean, I, I'll just – I'll never forget the dugout. We were just outside of the dugout jumping around. And uh, I'll never forget Skip Schumacher saying it, hey, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game, and, and, and the scouts is going to get a big hit. He he called it when the when the inning started. So that's, that's pretty cool. And then for me personally, um, I think it's uh, my first playoffs against Cliff Lee. Um, I had two hits against him that were – pretty big at the time in the game and at the series so those are kind of a for that was probably my biggest personal moment was uh, was that one and then of course game six um getting getting the knock after this guy that's a big one too of course yeah i mean great moments for you great moments for the team and if you start to run through them other players that are like your contemporaries would be jealous right because there's the game there's the matt adams homer right we have the wong homer i'm thinking just playoff moments the freeze game stands alone but in that four-year stretch, it's not just that you guys were winning. The wild-card game was insane in Atlanta, the, the DS against the Nats. Do you feel fortunate to have been part of that run? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I look back, I got – I was, you know, so spoiled for the six years, first six years of my career being here in St. Louis, playing in Bush Stadium every day when we were, were at the packed house. And then, you know, I bounced, I bounced around to some other teams and had some other experiences. So, you know, to play, play so many meaningful games uh, early in my career and – you know, when I look back, it's, you know, the biggest part of my career. That, that's something that I, I don't take for granted. How about, a, how about a year being at Wrigley? What was that like, being on the other side of it? All those years going up, it's a ton of fun, I'm sure, for you guys, whatever team you're on. But how about just kind of day in, day out being at Wrigley? Yeah, for me personally, uh, Wrigley Field is one of my, my favorite fields. Uh, you know, I used to love going to play there. It was, it was awesome, especially with the rivalry, and then to be on the other side. But to call that home for, for a year, was, it was it was awesome, you know, to show up there and, and the crowd and then the Ivy and, and do all this thing. And to be on the other side of the rivalry for a year was uh, it, it was fun. But uh, like I said, you know, I, I know I know my place and I, I know I'm a Cardinal. Well, and you're an outfielder. Did you get it a little bit from them? Like, oh, you, Jay, we remember you from St. Louis. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. I, I would get that quite often. And I think it was it, the weirdest part for me was coming back to Bush Stadium as as a Cub. That was something that was always like super weird. Where it's like I'm going in the wrong dugout. I'm, I'm wearing the the, the different <laughs> uniform right now. So um, yeah, but it, it's it's all good times. And you know, I'm fortunate I had those memories. And at that point, the Cubs were pretty good, right? I mean, that it tilted a little bit where St. Louis had kind of always been on top, and then the Cubs, you were there the year after the title, I believe, right? What was it like? Were they 
not that the Cubs would ever be cocky, but it had to be a different vibe, like because they've been down for so long historically. Was it a different Cubs feel at that point? Yeah, I think it was a different Cubs feel. You know, I think we won the Central that year, so um, you know we definitely had a good team or whatnot. So uh, you know, it was just a different, uh, you know, different feel from the other years where I was on the other side. And what about down the road? Would you ever be? You mentioned Schumacher. He's coaching. What about life after? You're still a really young guy. What about life after baseball? Yeah, you know, you never say never, and I think that's something that uh, you know I think about every day. Is like, what, what's next? What's going to happen? But for now, the good thing is I'm back at school, finishing up my undergrad degree in business. So uh, that's taken up the most of my time for for the next year or so. So and was that something you promised yourself? Or you promised your family? How, a lot of times, I think Andy Bennett's finished in his 40s. And I told my mom one day he was the number one overall pick. He said, "Mom, I got to do this." But he did go back eventually. Is that something that was important to you, your family, who? Yeah, I think a, a couple of different, you know, first of all, you know, my mom's an educator. She, she just retired from teaching, uh, something that was very important to her. And then to myself, too, you know, it's something that I always uh, I always wanted to do is get my degree. And then another thing is for my kids. You know, I think it's something that's going to be, you know, a, a, a good story for them, a, a good, you know, just trying to be a good example. So uh, there's a lot of different promises there, but I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, it was definitely an adjustment going back to school after all these years. But uh, it's, it's something that's been a lot of fun. And because you're a world champion, that'll always be – on the resume, there will always be reunions, always a chance to get the whole gang back together. You're too young probably to be a Dan Marino guy growing up. I love Dan Marino. And we knew, poor guy could never win a ring. It's amazing how many athletes are really good or have special careers but don't get that moment. And we talked about being you know, grateful for the big things, but that's something you can never take away, right? No matter how many years you play, did you get a ring and you can say yes. Yeah, it's the proudest thing in my career, you know, when I look back, you know, getting a ring and being part of a – being part of history you know like you said coming back last year and doing the 10-year reunion is something that I'll never forget um, I look forward to the next reunion that's something we're, we're already talking about like all right next time we got to do this we got to do that so um, you know it's something that you know it can never, never be taken away and the only other personal nugget maybe the airless streak was it 243 or 245 Remember, didn't you have the stretch that overlapped a couple of seasons? Yeah, I think it was 245. It's weird. It's so weird talking about myself now. It's, yeah. it's like one of those things I avoided for years. But <laughs> well, now you're retired, you get to look yeah, back. Yeah, something I'm proud of. I'm definitely very, very proud of, especially defense. You know, I took a lot of pride in my defense. So, yeah, I think it was 245 games. With and with error. the Cardinals, too. I mean, Edmonds had been there just before you arrived, a couple of years before. And, you know, Bader's doing it now, but it seems historically they always want guys who flash a little bit of leather. That I mean, and to look up, and I think, the other stat was you were like when you retired or recently, third best fielding percentage of all center fielders. I'm, I'm again, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but <laughs> that's got to be pretty cool to look back at. No, it is. It is, and you know, you know, when you're going through it, you put, kind of put your head down and you can't you can't pay attention to what's going on because you tr- you have this goal of you know my goal is to play for as long as I could get to 10 years and whatever comes after that would be a bonus. So you know you're, you're so focused and then you you kind of look back now and you take a breath and you look at all these things that you know you're a part of or, or able to accomplish and, and it's pretty special. It's pretty cool. And you keep up with you mentioned Alan Craig's going to be there, Daniel Descalso. Is there a core group there that you came up with that you guys still talk all, all the time? Yeah, for sure. We have a group text going on. Uh, I think now the battle is to see who, who's the best golfer and I'm definitely the worst one right now. So. I got you know, to start spending some more time with family golf the rest of the summer. Well, John, great to have you in St. Louis, and good luck with the charity and also the event Sunday, July 10th, family golf over in Kirkwood. Uh, again, that facility is beautiful, a great event, and they just go to Eventbrite? Yeah, go to eventbrite.com and just look up J Family Foundation and all the information's right there. Well, it's always great to have players living here after their career is over. It's fun to see them down at the ballpark, hopping on a broadcast with Dan and the announcers on Bally Sports Midwest. And best of luck with John with the event Sunday night. And I mentioned it a couple of times during the interview, but the 
Family Golf over in Kirkwood has gone through a major remodel. Adam Betts, who is the the pro over there who runs the show, has done a great job. So if you get a chance, Alan Craig being back in town. That's a name. I have. I'm going to try and get over there just to talk to Alan Craig. It's been a long time. Daniel Descalso has had some huge moments in Cardinal lore. That core group, and I know there's a lot of them that are still really good friends, mentioned at the outset, boy, that's a lot of winning for those those players that were here in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, even 2015. They lose the playoff series to the Cubs, but that was a division winner. Might have been a 100 win team if I'm not mistaken so great to catch up with John Jay appreciate him stopping by and being a part of the Kilcoin conversation you can find all of our segments at scoopswithdannymack.com and uh, just back from vacation we did a little summer rewind our John Rooney segment from January was one of our most popular hearing John talk about his entire career and a lot of feedback on the Walt Jockety segment because people loved how Walt would wheel and deal especially at the trade deadline When you think about Mark McGuire arriving in the summertime, Scott Rowland, summertime deal, Will Clark, late season edition, Larry Walker, late season edition. Well, you know the whole list. But great to catch up with Walt in the past. You can find any of our segments. Go to iTunes, Spotify, or scroll through scoopswithdannymac.com. The segments typically are evergreen, which means you can listen to them a month later or a year later, and the uh, stories are still relevant. Thanks for checking it out. As always, the Killcoin Conversation is presented by Triad Bank, Marie de Villa Senior Living, Appliance Discounters, and B&G Tuck Pointing. They are the best in the brick. So for all your banking needs, tuck pointing, appliances, and senior living, you've got you covered. Got you covered here with all four on the Killcoin Conversation. We'll talk to you again soon.